Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 55. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the rebel guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Rebel Guru Radio. I'm Eric Pepin. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about manifestation. And I have some questions here. I've kind of looked at them. You know, whenever I hear manifestation come up, I it's always kind of this knee-jerk reaction for me because I am a firm believer in manifestation, but I think there's a genre I call it New Agers, call it whatever you want. Um, and then you have these positive thinking kind of, you know, objective kind of people, which I, I probably lean a bit more towards also. But I, you know, I've talked about manifestation over the years. I've explained it in many intricate ways, broken it down. And, you know, I think if you get the material I have on manifestation goes on probably two, three hours, that's pro level. Okay. But I really do feel like it's, it's my responsibility to try to do the best I can in these short segments and deliver something that you guys can say is useful. And the first thing I'm going to say is that with manifestation, I think if I if I did anything differently today trying to explain manifestation, I would say that my personal view is, is that there's different levels of manifestation. So let's say there's manifestation one through five, okay, rather than one through three. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of people who want manifestation are just flipping lazy. They're lazy. And what I mean by that is they put a minimal amount of effort or thought into their approach to manifesting. It's like they want to just project it out and they expect in 24 hours or seven days, you know, oh, something miraculous is going to happen. Now, that miraculous can happen depending if you put in the right amount of work into that manifestation. And you need to understand how does manifestation really work? How is it possible? I mean, we're altering reality in a way. So there's different ways of looking at that also. But let me explain. When you're manifesting, for the most part, from a spiritual perspective, you are in a sense trying to align objectives in your life to become favorable. Now, when most people think of manifestation, we think financial. And that's kind of where my my head is right now. But I want you to understand there's also manifestation for relationships there is manifestation for happiness versus depression. There's manifestation for other people. It's all interworkable with 
similar adaptations to the general formula. Okay, so having said that, we're, we're really kind of looking at it for materialism in a sense. And what people don't take in consideration often is the mechanism of the system. And what I mean by that is when you manifest for something, you, you really are lowering the percent of success for you dramatically if you just stay home. If you are isolated, if you are withdrawn, you have to understand if, if you want better business opportunities or better financial opportunities or, or somebody's going to just give you this windfall, okay, you can sit around all day long waiting for somebody to knock on your door and hand you a check. Ten to one, it ain't going to happen no matter how much manifested. Even if I manifested what all I know, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. You're, you're, you're altering or adjusting the sequence and direction of your life, okay? So let me give a, a for instance. If you wanted to meet someone romantically and you're doing a manifestation for meeting someone romantically, but you're staying at home, you work from home, you really go out, you're doing all your shopping on Amazon. So for the most part, you're not even going to the grocery store. So forget the idea of even going to a coffee shop because you're not even doing that. So you, you're lonely, you're manifesting for somebody to come into your life, you're limiting the odds of that happening by a dramatic percent. If you go through the manifestation and if you follow techniques they give you, you kind of put out there what you're looking for. I, I prefer brunette. I prefer blonde. I want somebody with a bubbly personality. I want somebody very intellectual or whatever or both of those things. That's all fine. But if you don't go out, you're not helping the universe to help you. They have to, or the universe, in a sense, has to dial into or sense another person that kind of fits that dynamic, what I call frequency, the vibe that you're putting out for that person. And then they need to motivate that person from whatever their day-to-day -day life is, whatever their commonality is, whatever routines they have, and it needs to potentially divert it. It needs to divert it to make them all of a sudden have the idea that mm, I think I want to go out for coffee. I never go out for coffee, but I'm going to go out for coffee and I'm going to go to a coffee shop that I normally don't go to. And I don't know why, but I feel compelled to do that. Let's say it plays out that way. That's the universe nudging a person in a direction uh, in order to, to make this opportunity happen, this connection happen. Now, you decide, okay, I listen to Eric, I need to go out, I need to, to, to you know, go to a coffee shop, you know, do stuff that I break out of my routine. So you're doing that. The universe is feeling a sense of what your intentions are in your direction. It knows what you're manifesting or what your objective is that you put out. And it's trying to work with this other most ideal person to more or less rendezvous, more or less cross paths with you in a sense of trying to trigger something where you guys start communicating. So your, your odds of success go up 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% based on how you perceive the functionality of your life. Same goes for finances. Same goes for, for everything else. You're, you're not really helping yourself by not changing or, or, uh, kind of just changing things up more or less. You need to. Now, some people might say, well, Eric, if you go out more often and you hang out at coffee shops, you're more likely to meet people. Absolutely. 100% agree. 
whether it's manifestation or you meet somebody because you got off your butt, maybe the manifestation was part of the process of getting you to get up so that the rest could fall into line. You can call it whatever you want, okay? Tomato, tomato. I believe and I have seen firsthand the power of manifesting, okay? But you've got to look at it as a system that amplifies or complements something else you're doing. And that's how I look at it. And I've seen mind-blowing results, okay? But the point is, is that if you're not helping it, it, it makes it very hard for it to help you. And if you think you're just going to go out one time and you're supposed to make that connection after your manifestation, don't even bother, okay? You have to understand this is like numbers. It's like number crunching. If we live in a simulated reality, everything has a predict a predictable pattern. We, we know this, okay? The more we understand math, the more we understand science, everybody has a predictable level of your day-to-day life. So that predictability measures most of the time, I think, what what you, how you're going to do financially who you're going to meet in your life what opportunities you're going to have that that all depends on the pattern of your life the diversity of your life and what you're bringing in that's new that alters patterns that's really the bottom line truth manifestation is an amplification of the desire of interest you are looking for that tends to push those numbers with other people's patterns so that it sways more so that it moves a little bit more um, you know, it, it reminds me sometime of a, a study that came out for paranormal studies. I think it was at Princeton where they would have people sit in front of this ball thing that drops down with all these little metal pins. And technically speaking, every single time, it should be about a 50-50 ratio, given a little bit more, a little bit left randomly over and over again. So the person sitting there is asked to believe or focus or desire for them to be increased to one side rather than an even split, give or take some. According to what I've what I've read, and it's been a long time, but the numbers significantly, or at least enough to say, like, look, there's something really happening when the person is focusing for it to move to the left or right. There is an absolute difference. So it's not really the point I'm after. The point I'm after is imagine hundreds, if not thousands, of these little balls all coming down this funnel, all bouncing around. Each one of those represents a a pattern in your life, a possibility. A, a, a function, you're going to the dry cleaner to pick up something, or you're going to stop in at 7-Eleven, or you're getting gas, or you just randomly change your pattern. What you're trying to do is to take all the odds of, of how things operate, and they systematically always pan out about even, okay, and you're trying to influence it to increase in your favor. That's what that person's doing with all these balls movements. So we, we know it's possible. It's just how you want to look at things. So if you look at your life as possibilities, can you influence the objective of your desire to more or less start directly moving towards you so that you have the effect of whatever it is you're looking for? And I've had people here in the back. I'm, I'm going to look to them to see if they are following me or not. Am I making sense or am I just in crazyville? Okay. So I don't want to tell people that if you just sit there every day and you you work on your manifestation – that you're going to have some kind of profound thing happen. It's just not realistic, and I'm not going to be the person who's telling you that's the way it's going to work. Can it happen? Sure, it can happen. I know stories where it happens, but I, I think it's, it's slim on those that happen in that way. 
Number two is, you know, often people, they say, I want to manifest on love or I want to manifest on making money or this. And it always, always seems to come down to the same thing. Not always, I I shouldn't say that, but often. I would say manifest on energizing your life. What I mean by that is, is manifest the possibility of you building friendships, going out more, doing more, interacting with new things, okay? Because that is a higher likelihood of manifesting for you because it's not solely dependent on a specific individual type so or a specific desire or interest because the more specific you get, the harder it is for the universe to respond. Keep that in mind. So by motivating life change for you, you're more or less slowly already changing your life to then say, ideally, now now that I'm meeting people, I'm getting out more, I haven't had that spark of interest or that business opportunity come up, but I certainly have changed a big dynamic in my life. Now I want to manifest on bringing that right person in or that right business opportunity in. The odds of that happening now have just gone up dramatically and your, your life is dramatically probably in progress of changing. So it becomes a very easy thing to start maneuvering into your life. It's, it's very interesting, but when you, you hear stories of people, how they changed their life or, or had a windfall or something, oftentimes you, you see them all of a sudden meeting somebody and then they, they have business ventures and the business venture gets better because it's like a mental state of mind. Your frequency changes and it starts to line up and move in your favor. That's that's like, like doing manifestations on a micro level because your state of mind is in the right place. Your mind dictates often the circumstances of events that that are moving towards you in your life. What if you ask for um, the perfect partner or the perfect job, but that ends up just deterring you from your spiritual development? Okay, well, two things. I mean, I hate to say this because people are like, you know, oh, Eric, you're supposed to be a spiritual guru. I never liked the word guru. Anyway, point being is the perfect partner, rubbish, okay? The, the perfect job, rubbish, okay? The second you go into a manifestation with that as part of your intent, you already are, are minimalizing your opportunity. It's better to, to say to yourself, I want to meet someone that I can, can love, that loves me, and that I can grow with and, and feel like there's a good, strong connection, Wordplay is very powerful. When you say perfect, subconsciously, you are setting a standard of what the expectation is of the person or opportunity that's presented to you. In 10 to 1, you will possibly blow off or not even see that opportunity when it could have been the greatest thing that ever happened in your life. So that's one thing I, I want to put out there, okay? Number two is, is that, what was the second part of your, your question? Um, um. What if those things do come to you because yep. of your manifestation, but then yep. they end up deterring you from your spiritual development? Well, look, this is where you know you 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 want everything and you don't want to give up anything. Okay, you have to say to yourself, what are your boundaries? What are your interests? I think anything can be managed. Okay, it's just about asserting yourself and not being fearful of losing what you think you may have. It's like we all want everything. But when you have everything, you drop stuff when you're trying to control it all. You have to ask yourself, what can I realistically manage? So I guess my point is is that I often say to people, do not make your spirituality work around your your life. Make your spirit make your life work around your spirituality. Meaning if if for us, 
for those of us who are very spiritual, I don't think red cells are, are people who, who aren't in line in our thinking or understanding where we're coming from. They don't have that same need or drive. This is a foundation of our happiness, our inner peace, our joy. Okay, so it's it's a necessity. If you remove that, no matter how much money we have, no matter how much success we have, no matter how great of a lover we have, okay, or a person in our life, it always goes south. When we have the pillar of our spirituality at the center, it seems like everything else works out real well if you find someone that's working with it. So I guess my point is, is that if you have the ideal job for manifesting, okay, or you have the ideal person that you manifested, then that person or job is not the most ideal thing if it doesn't copacetically work really well with your spirituality. And that's when you got to decide, ready, I, I got to cut it loose and move on. If you sacrifice your spirituality, I can tell you from 30 years experience, nine times out of 10, it usually doesn't end well for you and you end up kind of going into a depressive state. So the idea is, I don't tell, I don't believe in telling people, you know, you don't need someone in your life. You do. I think we're, we're, we're social beings. Okay. But you, you've got to say to yourself that by making sacrifices that make you who you are. Okay. And surrendering that because that other person doesn't understand that or respect that or have an interest in that, that's probably not the right person for you. And so you really need to look at it. if they're willing to make concessions or work with you on that, even if they don't believe, they're like, look, if this is your interest and your passion, whether you're an artist, a poet, a writer, a musician, I will give you that time and that space and that respect you know, as long as you're, you're sharing some time or some portion also equally with me. I think it's very fair. What about during the process of manifestation? Um, if someone didn't really believe in their abilities and they started to have like a small percentage of doubt um, fester, how much is that doubt going to um, negatively impact the outcome of the manifestation? It's going to affect it potentially significantly. It depends on the person. And there's different types of thinking, interestingly enough. So my, my point is when, when I start, said earlier about manifesting your life to change rather than for you to single out a person or a specific job, okay, what I'm suggesting so much is in part is part of that, that self-doubt, that, that personal loathing or whatever kind of sinks in, okay, you, when, look, if, if one says, I want this perfect person in my life, in the back of your mind after three to five days, seven days, when you don't see something happening, you're like, well, maybe maybe I'm just not worth it. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't deserve this, yada, yada, yada. And then you compound it. One, you're not taking in that bigger picture I told you about. It could take months depending on, on what you're putting out for yourself to, to get out for the numbers, okay? But the the compounding should be rather that you are just simply working on changing your life maybe your your view of things maybe your your negativity of yourself maybe your view of yourself maybe your confidence of yourself is better to manifest in a positive way and see that happening because you have a lower it sounds terrible you have a lower expectation because finding a person seems so daunting to us finding the perfect job seems so daunting to us but observing changes in your life heading in the right direction is very immediate satisfaction it's very immediate result driven and that's where it gives you the confidence to work with your manifestation sessions and have a greater belief in the direction and the time it takes 
So it's a lot to do with strategy. But this whole thing, waving a wand over your head, or if you just do these certain things in your life, everything's just going to magically, you know, secretly, you know, start working for you in your favor. I think it's rubbish. And I think that, that you have to be realistic to how you do those changes. S slower is faster, period. If you work on the things that you have a level of changing with your manifestation, the possibility of doing the impossible with the, the greatest job you could hope for or the greatest windfall financially or the, all these things, you're, you're moving slowly closer to that objective. When you just want to shoot from here, all that distance, all these variables to get there, you're making it harder. You're, you're closing the distance by working on these, these, these smaller steps over weeks and months. Okay, that I think are going to give you the the success level that you're really looking for, and you're going to see it on a on a small level consistently, rather than looking at these big leaps. But everybody's life is different. Everybody's circumstances are different. Maybe some people are out there spending more time with people. You've got to analyze, and this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to do one size fits all. I I can't do that in the short period. But but the point is, is that you if if you set yourself up for failure, then you will always feel like a failure okay if you give yourself challenges that you think you can realistically meet okay then you're going to build your confidence and will and ability to influence reality in your favor in larger and larger leaps because that failure sense has slowly been eroded away through your strategy your strategicness and how you're progressing forward and i also think it doesn't hurt to psychologically have a look at yourself or a sensible idea of what that is. I find that people are much more brutal on themselves than, than they, they, they should be in the sense that you just don't know any better. They don't know what, whether they're abnormal or if they're normal like everybody else. Or does everybody feel the same way that I feel? And, and you will be surprised. A lot of people feel the same way as you do. And that's, that's a relief in, its, in itself in a weird way. Because now you're, you're like, well, I used to think it was just me, and now I realize it's not just a me thing. So that's, in, that's like almost a relief that, well, though other people have found ways to solve this, and I too can do this. Okay. And that's, that's important. What if what you've put out there has successfully come into your life? Um, do you actually need to work on maintaining it so it doesn't fade away? Everything in life requires some form of maintenance. Every garden, every force. I mean, it can either t take off on itself or if you're going to manage it. We are intelligent beings on Earth compared to... to to other lives, we are maybe at the, at the top pivotal of life, okay? So I don't want to get into debate about other animals and other intelligence. not the point I'm really making. The point is, is that when we do something, we, we are kind of trying to bend evolution. We are trying to bend nature, in a sense, to meet our needs, to extend our life through medicine, to, expend our, to expand our consciousness of understanding through education. Uh, so on and so forth, okay? But in order to do that, it's an active will or active application. And as the old saying goes, if you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you have a great job and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to sit there and collect checks now and, and give minimal effort to, to my job, you're going to lose that job likely or you're going to lose your business. So therefore, you have to ask yourself, you know, is it a problem with motivation 
or or is it you know wh- where is the real underlying of it but the truth is if you have something that takes work if you have a relationship it takes work you're not going to get along every day you're not always going to have the same opinion and you you've got to find a way to instead of self-destructing the relationship find a way to support the relationship and work that takes effort and sometimes you just don't want to do that always so to so my answer is yes anything you manifest in your life I don't look at it as something I have to maintain. I look at it more as something that I am working that's always in a transitional growth level. That's that's kind of how I look at it. My my view is I'm here and I'm it's everything is constantly in motion. The planet's moving, the solar system's moving, everything's expanding. I mean, everything is this is what we call time or space or whatever. It's like this transformational thing. It's, it is a wave, and the wave never stops. The wave just continues. So you have to ask yourself, how do I move with this momentum in my favor rather than saying, can I ever stop or rest? It feels exhausting to think that way. I'd rather say, learn to minimize your energy and maximize your, your distance. And that is ride the wave and find a way to be at peace with that consciously. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so there's a misconception in the collective about um, manifesting. Uh, a lot of spiritual people feel that they shouldn't have materialism, they shouldn't be wealthy or abundant. What type of advice can you give to help people break out of that? I, I used to have that problem. And, you know, I never charged for teaching, never charged for for anything. And a lot of you guys know my, my story. And I worked 70 hours a week and I would come home and teach people either late at night when I was exhausted or spend my weekend teaching and then have to be at work at 530 in the morning. It burned me out. And eventually um, an American Buddhist guy, you know, contacted me, hunted me down or whatever. And he was like, oh, I read some stuff and, you know, you're, you're amazing. I lecture also, blah, blah, blah. Where can I find more of your material? And I'm like, oh, I got no other material. And he's like, that's, you know, this huge shame and you should be out. And he's like, well, you know, why aren't you, you know, teaching? And I'm like, I can't afford to teach. I can't afford, you know, at least at the time I didn't know how. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't how do you how do you figure this all out? That's a question for everybody. How do you figure out how to make everything work the way you want? And so I was like, look, I, I work a lot of hours, I'm tired, I do teach, but I teach a small group of people, you know, I don't have the money to be driving to some library to teach a bigger group or do this or that or whatever. And, you know, he was like, well, why don't you take money? He says, you know, you, you could charge for this. You, you know, he's a flatter flyer to your light years ahead of everybody. And I'm like, well. You know, I don't I don't believe in taking money for what I do. I literally truly believe that at the time. And I felt like it's it's from the universe, I should be teaching other people, yada yada. And he's like, Look, if you know, I was like, I can't pay to be on the internet. I don't have the money for equipment. I don't have this or that. I don't have people to do the artwork for me that I can afford or yada yada. It goes on and on and on. Bottom line is, as he said to me, was you know that it's it's what would you do with the money if you made it and i says well i would try to start a center i would try to find a way to teach i would try to get the information out at cheaper and cheaper ways to attain it then if i was going to charge and that's exactly what i've done you know look there's hbi books same content 99 cents digital anyhow the the point is is that he, he made a point that if you think of temples or shrines or anything, you know, all over the world, for the greatest spiritual people or thinkers or, or whatever, you, you'll find that those temples weren't built on their own. You know, the, the people who were learning agreed to physically 
build, dig the stone out, build the walls, build the temple, build these things so they have a, a place to do this, work the fields to have food so that they can all eat and everybody had jobs. It's, it's different in a modern world. You know, but it's it's not that different. It's we we have money and say I worked for this money. This is the holes I dug, but you don't need it for a temple for you to stay in. But you can you need it for something else. But this is the exchange for that information so you can do what you're doing. So when it comes to accepting money for your spirituality or the need to not have money, I think that that comes down to an individual basis of where you're at and what you've creatively done. For, for for starters, somebody might say, well, I don't need money for anything. And I'm like, well, I have I know people who've moved to Hawaii and live out in the wilderness out there. I'll give you one story. This guy felt the same way. He was very spiritual, didn't think he should have to pay for anything spiritually, felt that it should all be free, and just wanted to be like in a spiritual place. He went out to the big island of Hawaii, stayed out there. He was there probably for a year, year and a half, and he his teeth all rotted. He was in terrible health. Um, he survived a certain degree or whatever, but eventually he went back home and he rethought his thinking on everything, okay? It's not ideal for everybody. And what, what is living poor for somebody who, who's like, you know, I don't take any money for, for spirituality and I'm very spiritual and yada yada. And, you know, is that Indian poor? Is that, is that, is that? Pakistani poor is that is that you know African poor like what 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 level are we talking you are incredibly rich depending whose perspective that is okay so it's it's a very tough one you know I try to do for for as people who know me privately okay I do a lot for a lot of people for free but I cannot resource wise do that for everybody and once people know what I do then everybody wants it for free and I can't do it I I just don't have the means so it is what it is but I'm not a believer at least anymore in my life that you know knowledge or spirituality should be for free okay I think some well I'm doing this for free uh but I think that if you want to hire education spiritually you can find means if that works for you but if you're like look Eric what you have is what I want, okay? I'm sorry. I feel like a college. This is why we call it Higher Balance Institute. I didn't call it Higher Balance Temple or Higher Balance Religion. It's it is a business, and the business model we have is is that you have just like any college or any other thing. You have a teacher. You have people who take the time out of their day to to give this information, stay there to answer your questions, give content, create content that's going to be useful to you. There has to be a fee in order to do that. In order for that, and people who want to live without that or feel like they're due that knowledge, I, I, listen, uh, go out there and learn. You know, go do what you got to do. It didn't stop me. I didn't pay for anything, but uh, I, I would have certainly and had certainly looked for someone who could give me that information and take decades off of my search where I could have been that much further ahead. So it's it's a matter of opinion. I don't know if I answered your question or not. Well, that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had one question that came in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was asking about motivation. Can mm-hmm. would you use manifestation for motivation? Absolutely. Can you Absolutely. Anything can be done. Manifestation, in my opinion, is to create something from nothing or or a little something into something. I think manifestation is is looking at a patch of dirt 
and you planting flowers and, and, and plants to give you food and manifestation is you going out there and watering it and working it and all of those things. That's part of manifestation. It's just how you want to look at it. You took the power and energy to manifest that and you, you, you get the rewards for that. But to, to look at it from a spiritual cosmic sense, okay, and that's really what we're looking at. We're, we're saying how can I manipulate things into a direction into my life with a minimal amount of, of really effort. That's how I look at it, okay? And the, the point is, is that it's a, it's a yes or no answer. So rephrase your question. Okay. Um, well, it's uh, can, can you manifest motivation? Um, um, can you manifest? Yeah, I absolutely can. I'm trying to reference memories from different people I've worked with and, and try to find something good to, to share with you guys. But again, but that goes right back to what I said earlier about working on yourself and, you know, in order to have greater manifestations with other things that you want to manifest on your life changing and manifest on, you know, getting out more or doing more or being more positive or, or those things that those are, are things that you can do and change very rapidly. So I, I feel like I kind of addressed that. Yeah. Um, one question I had for, mm-hmm. for the changes in your, I guess, character, kind of like you're saying, mm-hmm. um, like how many would how many of those changes should you start off with before? Not many. Yeah. Mm hmm. I think people always bite off more than they can chew, and they always set a time limit of what they expect to have results by. And when they don't meet those standards, and they're usually very high standards, that is where you compound failure in your in your mind psychologically. And if you were to go to a, a counselor who helps people get over anger issues or depression or whatever – They'll tell you right up front, look, this is something that could take six months, a year, two years, okay? And when people work on that, those problems themselves, they're setting limits of days and weeks and hours. And then they wonder why they're so depressed because they're just so angry with themselves or so disappointed in themselves or feel like such a failure. But they're giving them un, they're giving themselves unrealistic and without really any help. Do you see what I'm saying? Other than that, so when there is help, maybe that's your manifestation. Are they even accepting that as part of that process, or even able to recognize that somebody's trying to help them? So this is where I think slower is faster. You can you can say most people look. I'll give you an example, and I'm not trying to be a dick here. I just kind of say what I think. But the point is, is that most people who are asking to to do manifestation on themselves have been honestly trying to change themselves their whole life. Okay, it's it's in, in most cases, not all. But you know, and and you have to ask yourself, is there a pattern? And every single time I deal with people on a one-on-one level, it takes me 5 minutes to see that pattern in them. And what it is is it's expectation, short time period, I'm disappointing myself because I keep trying but I keep feeling and they want to do this in this record time with as little knowledge or a little experience or as little direction as possible and it this is why failure occurs if you want to really change your your life if you really want to say how do i i change it everybody's situation is a case by case okay but in general i'll say to people well let's let's look at your friends how many friends do you have? How many can you count on one hand? Can you tell me how they affect your life? Are they positive? Are they upbeat? Are they successful themselves? Are they always in drama? Are they always bringing you into drama? 
if you weigh out the pros and cons, okay, and the and the, the cons are more negative than positive, you have to ask yourself, is this person's energy having an effect on the quality of my life and my mental well-being? Nine times out of ten, there's a problem with the people in your life, okay? The question is, is do you have the fortitude to change that? Do you have the ability to change that? Can you at least you know, extract yourself away. You may be bored. You may be feeling lonely, but you might eventually in that boredom get up and say, I got to get out of the house now. I got to get up and meet new people. And 10 to 1, you're going to meet new people. And hopefully your choice of assessing these people are going to be a little bit more stern than how you ended up in, in the situation you're in. But I often say that in most cases, well, again, rule of thumb doesn't mean every single case. Birds of a feather flock together. The, the people you hang out with have a hard look at them. Are they successful? Are they happy? Are they? Do they have qualities that you want to see in yourself? Okay. If they do not, you will not excel usually beyond that. You you end up making um, uh, 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 exceptions in your life because these are the same people. Who, who are probably advising you or influencing or you feel are having an effect in your life. Well, you compare and you're like, oh, well, their life is chaotic. They're, they're miserable too, so it must be normal. Do you see what I'm saying? So you've got to say to yourself, can I change my life through the most immediate impactful thing that's affecting my psychology? Are these people supportive of me? Are they, they giving me good direction or are they just basically not in any way being beneficial? And that's the first assessment. And that's going to dictate everything. You know, look, I often say to women when, when they want to change their life and, and they're, they're probably in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, I, I look at their hair. If they get really long hair, I will say to them, maybe start off by cutting your hair. And usually, they're, you know, they're like, oh, 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 cut my hair. And I'm like, look, every day you look in the mirror, the person you look at is the impact of how you you, you, it is you you're looking at. We're very visual. So when you can change your, your hair, which is, is kind of a thing a woman has to basically has to deal with almost you know every day, okay? You're mentally thinking, you're mentally conditioned. You're, it's a routine, okay? Change the routine where, where you can't regrow it again fast. So now you've got to adapt. You use that adaptation or that change psychologically into other things in your life. I often say to people, change your clothing, change your dress style, change your glasses, change your makeup. These are things that, that we look at every day that have a, a, a solidifying, a cementing effect on, on who we are and how we see ourselves. If you can change that, it usually will start to manifest in other ways in your psyche, your personality, the, your day-to-day -day life, everything. So... I'm, I'm a big believer. I always say, if you look at the majority of A-class actors, the ones who are very successful, and the ones that end up looking like they're going to be successful in the beginning of their career, and then end up being B-rated or falling out, nine times out of ten, the ones that didn't make it through through the A-level or continue with the career is because they never changed their look. They never. They always kind of kept the same hairstyle, same makeup, same look. They never change. I always think, and, and you know, God forbid if she, <laughs> she sees this, but like Molly Ringwald, I mean, she had so much potential. And for those of you who are younger, you don't know who that is. Google it, okay? 
And she kind of always had this certain hair color that was unique at the time. And it was fresh then. But she never, as she went from her 20s to her 30s to her 40s, always kind of kept the same look. Nothing changes. There's nothing. When you see somebody look different, they stand out to you a little bit. You mentally change your perception. If you have somebody who's, who treats you a certain way, talks to you every day in the work environment, but you want a breakthrough, one of the fastest way to do that is to change the way you look. They, they are forced now to change in their mind somehow how they, they see you. So you have an opportunity now to rewrite how they deal with you or how they perceive you. Most of the time, people are forced into a state of being because the people around them, as much as they want to change, force them to stay the way that they are. What are you talking about? You're you're Billy. You're the guy who goes out drinking with us every you know every weekend, and we do this, and we go out to the bars, and we do you know on Wednesdays we do this and that. You know, don't tell me you're going to be you know doing this now, and you're going to do that. That just sounds like nonsense. It's not you. You know, you're not a philosophical guy who's going to write poetry and and do these things. You know, it, it 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 doesn't happen that dramatic, but that's what happens. People have a set view of you. A set condition, a way they talk to you, and a way you respond. It's routine. Sometimes by getting away from all of that, you you find the real you or the person you, you've always felt that you were, but you're, you're solidified or held into where you are by the variables in your life, your family, your friends, all of these things. This is why, you know, the, 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 you know the, the religious would say, you know, oh, the gurus are trying to take all of the, the kids away or, or the adults away from the family because you're saying the family's bad and that's how they isolate them. This all got twisted. This is all b- bullshit. The reason why a spiritual person says to an adult, you, you need to get away from your family or your friends, okay? It doesn't mean you can't go back. You're there saying to them, I want to change. I want something in my life to change. I want to find my spirituality, but nobody understands me. Nobody can relate to me. Everybody thinks it's it's this or that. You know, The only way you're going to find that liberation is to find the strength on yourself to step outside of your world and find yourself, discover yourself. Once you've discovered that stuff, you got to go back. And they're going to want to talk to you the way they used to. They're going to want to treat you the way they used to. It's up to you at that point with that new strength you found, okay, to set how you're going to set that tempo. No, no, John, I, I don't go out partying every, anymore on Wednesday. I don't womanize. I don't do this and that. I really love my life. I love what I do. I'm sorry you can't you can't be in that. But hey, sometimes if you want to sit down, I don't mind going out for a drink with you. But it's not not the thing that that's who I am anymore. It's not what I what I want. So the people and the structure of your life, you've got to look at that and say in your manifestation, what are you really looking at to have that change in your life? You've got to look at the whole structure of every day. What keeps you in your state of mind? When you feel good, is there people bringing you down by their comments to you? You know, like something really good happens in the comment to you as well. You better enjoy it while you can because you know it won't last with your luck. Oh, well, uh, thank you. Um, you. You get what I'm saying? You've got to ask yourself, what, what, what kind of people are you around? What's going on? It has a big effect. Now, I'm not saying to be critical of everything, okay? What I'm saying is, is that you've got to ask yourself, what factors are the bumper guards of you moving through life that keep bouncing you back in a certain position when you really want to get out in that lane or that lane? Does that help at all? Does that make any sense? Am I just crazy, Bill? Yeah. 
So all of those things have to do with manifestation, all of them. You can't just say, I'm manifesting on the perfect person or the perfect job. You got to ask yourself, are you mentally ready for the perfect job? Are you mentally ready for the perfect person in your life? Or are you going to just end up, you know, giving them all your problems or, or whatever? You know, maybe, maybe there's other things you can work on and you don't have to try to manifest the perfect person. They're just going to show up in your life because everybody likes the person you've become. Awesome. Um, I've got one that came in from Facebook. Is how does gratitude play a role in manifestation? Look, I'm I'm I've you know I I'm jaded spiritually. Does that sound right? I I really think that spirituality needs to be rethought. Spirituality needs to have a hard look as to what do we think or value as to what spirituality is. When we invoke spirituality, there is the religious level, you know, you're Christians, you're Hindu, you're Muslim, all of this. And then for, for those of us probably listen to this, spirituality invokes in us a sense of humbleness, a sense of, of compassion, a sense of the values that we think other people should have in order to to be even worthy to have us listen to what they may or may not have to say or do. And so when I hear words like gratitude, there there's such an array in me that that could mean. Do you understand? And different people have a different view, honestly, of what that should be. What is the example that you expect for, for me to have for gratitude and do I meet that standard? I may be incredibly uh, appear to be very great, uh, have you know gratitude or gratefulness, and some people might be in awe of that. And other people go, I don't think he's got any gratitude at all. He's not humble. You know, talking about different things. Gratitude with manifestation. I I think that you have to ask yourself who is the person asking that. What is their background? What is what is their expectation? I can't really meet the standards of that. Unless I have an idea of who's asking whether I need to elevate it or, in my opinion, lower that, okay? Gratitude for me is to say – let me try to give it a different things. I, I might live in India and I might be really, really, really poor and I may not have my legs and I've seen this in India and I might have to move around and walk and, and beg for money, okay? And – I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I am so grateful. I have it so good, okay? And you're like, in your comparison, you're like, what the hell are you talking about, okay? But I look over, and there's a person with one arm missing, two legs missing, and they're blind, okay? So gratitude is a, is a, it's, it's almost like a, a net that I feel sometimes somebody wants to trap me in. Like, like let's see what he says, and we're going to get him. You get what I'm saying? Is it really great? You know, it, it's to say, what what is your humbleness? What is what is your gratitude for life? What, what does that really mean? Okay. So let's just do a general context. I'm, I, I have gratitude for health. I have gratitude in my life that, that the majority of people in my life are healthy and they're relatively happy. I have gratitude that I have had a level of success in my life. I am I have gratitude that I have security, I clearly have food, I really, you know, I have the things that I need in life. Do I need more? Nope, don't, okay? 
uh, if is 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 that the question? You know, it's a loaded question. Okay, if 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 you want to look at it and say I can what what I could do with billions? Oh, I could I could do a lot. I could run free temples everywhere and feed the poor and do what what you know by what what level? You know, so I do think it's it's a kind of question that that can be open and if it's personally asked of me. Okay. If you're asking somebody, where's your gratitude? It's to say, well, your gratitude has to be defined by your personal experience and expectations in life. And that's really where I think it it begins because I think people all have a different view of what gratitude truly is. There's general gratitude that people will will say the, the staples and there's other people, you know, who will have higher or lower levels depend, go to different parts of the country that that will change dramatically. But I think that if you want to say in in this sense, um, I think it's important to have gratitude in the sense of you have to have a foundation to to work from. I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but when if I'm swimming in the water and I just kind of, I have this thing where I like to go a little quick underwater, you know, I'm like orca, the, the, the you know, and. It's like to say that if when I was younger, there used to be this pond we used to swim in and I would have friends who would swim in. You kind of are, are looking for these stones that you can find that you don't slip on too easily, but you use it as a push off, you know, and you can just kind of, whoosh, you got get some distance, okay? By finding a level of gratitude in your life, you could say, well, my life sucks. My, my, my wife left me or my husband left me. And I, my dog died. My kids all hate me. My family's not speaking to me. I lost my job. How are you supposed to manifest when you're in this pool of misery? Okay. So what I, what I say is that's the open water. I need, you need to find something to stand on in that water, something to give you a break from from treading the water in a sense. And so you got to look at yourself and you've got to figure out what that is. That's your starting point. Am I healthy? All right, I'm still healthy. Despite all those things, I'm healthy. Not only that, but I know that maybe with all those circumstances, there's something I need to change about myself. So I should be 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 grateful that I have the wisdom and the intellect to acknowledge that I need to change. That's a start. This is your push-off stone. This is where you've, you've got to say, this is where I begin. And now you've got to ask, can I fix everything? Nope, because you're going to set yourself up for failure more than likely. Can I really adapt one thing at a time or what direction and what would be the most useful to make the momentum of change continue to happen? And that would be probably manifesting on figuring out how to begin changing my life from my perspective on on life probably my anger issues if i was that person or whatnot sounds great yeah. well, i hope so you guys say it's great to everything i don't know if i trust you guys but so if reality is a simulation is the mm-hmm. matrix then aware of us trying to rewrite and influence our lives okay well that's it that's a heavy question and i don't know if everybody's listening is is going to want to to hear that but i'll i'll go there i i do believe we exist in a matrix i've i've gone on all for this significantly all the science behind it all the best thinkers on it yada 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 
And just to to cut this off before I go into the answer, because I don't want people like, like, what's he mean we live in the Matrix, okay? Simulated reality. But in the old school, it's called, you know, reality is an illusion. Well, spiritual people were okay with that until we started calling it a, a simulation rather than an illusion, okay? So we'll, we can deal with that another time. The bottom line is, is that if the construct of reality is managed through a form of artificial intelligence or some kind of intelligence that's generating reality, okay? It would be true to say that it is likely that the majority of our lives is directed and controlled, okay? But maybe not quite in the way that you think. And that meaning that I think if we live in a simulated reality, what is happening is it's like game theory or it's studying it. It wants to see what is going to come new out of it that wasn't necessarily predictable. And that's life. So we have the opportunity for free thought, free thinking, just like interestingly enough, like in, in the Bible, in a sense, you know, self-awareness per se, or eating the apple. The point is, is that when you look at all of this, we, we know, let's just extrapolate this a little bit. We know through math that, and they're going to do it now with tracking us through uh, social media, that they no longer need you to turn on your phone where you're at. They're going to be able to now be able to estimate where you are with a high level of accuracy based on your friends and your communication with your friends. The AI is going to take that information, triangulate, and say that you more likely are going to be at home or you're at a grocery store or you're at a certain coffee shop. It figures out all this, and it's, it's, it's shocking how accurate it actually can be. And if we just look at probability and, and such, then – you could say that if there was a computer and even if our lives weren't pre-written, the, the predictability is probably in the 90 percentile, okay? So we may as well just accept the fact we're in a simulated reality. So either one you want to look at, taking a step back with manifestation, you are in a sense attempting to hack reality with your with your own self, with your own direction as to what it intends or plans for you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to alter that process so that it starts ending up in your favor. And I've often said if you try hard enough and you're willful hard enough that you become a unique frequency. Your, your frequency begins to change. And I am a firm believer that consciousness is, is in a sense measurable. In other words, a bunch of zeros and ones and everybody's absolutely unique. It's based on every single thing you've ever experienced compounds into this complex consciousness that you consider yourself to be. That's why we're all kind of unique to some level. Having said that, it's like Wi-Fi. It's just aware of where you are, what you're doing, everything, okay? When you self-reflect and you you work on changing aspects or hacking that system your your numbers change and then eventually you fall back into the dough or your routine in life or whatever and you forget about what you did and, and that number probably goes back to normal but if you are able to manifest or chip away at a few of those things and keep chipping away at it eventually this eye in the sky if you will looks at you and says this this Frequency is no longer a variable that meets the pattern that we've laid out for, for this person to kind of work through in life. It's, it's their pattern is changing. You're becoming an anomaly. 
okay? Much like, you know, Neo did and, and the people in the Matrix. They were anomalies or, in other words, the agents. The agents were, were free thinking, but they were tracked. But if they changed themselves in the, the, the Matrix, the system was aware of that in a sense and wanted to deal with it. So you, you are, in a sense, attempting or working on changing your frequency and directing a outcome that you ideally want it to, to prescribe to you. And that also becomes the change that you're manifesting. All of a sudden, things start to change in your life because of that effort to change your, your frequency, in my opinion. How it sees you, it changes everything else to accommodate what, you, what it thinks you now are. You fooled it. And then what happens is it simply becomes you. You you solidify to that new position. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Does anybody else got anything to send in? And listen, I talk about this stuff all the time in a lot of the classes. I know that a lot of people may feel, you know, that that's not something they can afford at their, their income level or at their age. We have uh, what is is known as the dojo through Higher Balance. If you don't know what it is, if you can't figure it out online or whatever, because I don't really look at it, the, the staff does. But you can call in 1-800-935-4007 and just ask them what the dojo is or where it is online and stuff. And it's literally a dollar to sign up. We, we, we are given a plethora of knowledge far beyond what I'm sharing with you now because we want to show you like this is the good stuff. And the only way we're going to do that is to get you to check it out and make your own opinion and then if you want to stay longer in that program it keeps expanding with more detail i think that the top end is 39 dollars a month 37 37 and it's it's i i it's just a ton of information and knowledge and techniques and how to do stuff and so i couldn't urge you more to at least do the one dollar there's no contracts we don't do none of that kind of stuff you either in or you're out it's that simple okay we're not gonna jerk your chain or anything uh, but, um, you know, check it out. I strongly urge it. It's going to have this topic and in, in much more in great detail. And the greatest power to changing your life is truly knowledge. Once you have that knowledge, you can really shape, mold, or sculpt life and reality any way you want. So, anyway. Um, I've got one question. Um, I think what's different about how you talk about manifestation is you talk about using the sixth, sixth sense. Yeah. Yep. Like, you know, how does your process kind of differ from maybe other stuff out there? Well, I look at the sixth sense, psychic ability and spirituality. Let's start off by saying there's a division between the two in my mind. The spirituality comes from your chest center. It's another intelligence, just like there's another intelligence in your, your lower abdomen. Mainly women will talk like, or men will talk about a gut instinct or a feeling. So you have three intelligences depending on what portion of your body you're using. What I mean is organic body uses the brain more or less. The the spiritual aspect uses your your chest and your psychic uses actually your lower uh, region. It's like it's it's another body and I mean that quite literally. It's a coexisting organized energy that's overlapping and and as an ecosystem with you. Okay? Uh, but that's a whole nother conversation in itself. Now when I look at psychic abilities um, I look at this in a form of evolution, a form of when we were very nomadic, very tribal in a sense, clans, and we would walk and we didn't really have a village or tents or anything. We just would look for caves or stuff like that. 
we were preyed upon by probably wolves, bears, other animals who seemingly could run faster, were physically stronger, had bigger teeth than us, and maybe we could have a spear to fight them off with, okay? But we were at a disadvantage. I believe a large part of our survival came from a sensory, which I'll call the sixth sense, to sense when we were being observed, the hair on the back of your neck or an idea of what's going on, even as far as to say a sense of what direction to walk. So there was water and we didn't die from, from lack of water. We would have to kind of intuitively, if you will, choose a direction and the odds had to be very great for our survival. So this is all early psychic sensory and it goes even far beyond all that. Now, how does psychic ability in a modern day, and I want to go on the record, 99.9% .9 of all books from New Agers, psychic stuff, everything, all of this stuff, I think is, is shit, okay? There, I said it. I'm on record now. I, I think the reason why people have such a low success level or experience level with astral projection, mind projection, telepathy, all this, because they got it all wrong. It, it doesn't, it's, this is all bullshit how they describe it now is there truly really amazing stuff that you can do hell yeah okay probably more so than i've seen in any book on this stuff whole nother conversation in itself but when you think about manifestation and utilizing this psychic sensory if you will psychic sensory is simply an extension of your normal senses, your eyes, your ears. It's to me, it's a normal sense. But the problem is, it's just like a good tennis hand or a baseball swing. If you don't use it, you lose it. And if you haven't used it, you need to work it and exercise it to bring it in. But when when one looks at, for instance, um, having a a sense, a sensory, okay. Uh, oftentimes human beings will feel it, particularly women are better at it than men because they have a higher, uh, empathetic or emotional level that they, because of babies, they can't, a baby can't tell you what's wrong. They got to feel it. They got to sense it. So they've, they've developed a much higher level of sensory. doesn't mean that men can't have the same. We have different advantages, disadvantages, but that sensory tells you a lot of information. So if you're manifesting and you go out and it's trying to, to bring that right person with you, your psychic sensory could be telling you, wow, I really want to walk over to this part of the restaurant or the bar or, or you know, walk to the back of 7-Eleven. Why? Don't, don't question yourself why. You have an underlining sense of, of, of right now manifesting to meet somebody. The universe is going to use that sixth sense to help direct you through all these bouncing balls in a direction that's favorable. So it's going to say you need really overwhelmingly to talk to this person and you're terrified of doing it. You're terrified of saying hello or introducing yourself because of rejection. You need to say to yourself, I, I normally do not feel this way and I just need to take a chance and go over and talk to this person. And the first thing you should say, if you ain't got nothing you'd say, you just say, you know, I really have this overwhelming interest to, to come over and introduce myself to you. And I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend you or to come into your space, but my name is such and such and such and such. And I was just wondering, you know, can, I'm just curious, what do you do for work? What do you, you know, can you tell me? Nine times out of 10, that's the person who was feeling the same thing as you were. And the reason why that connection ever happened is because fear of rejection and you didn't trust your sensory or your psychic ability that tried to push you in that direction. You second-guessed it and you doubted it. So that's how I would use psychicness. 
uh, empathetic telepathy to to feel what that person is feeling. Telepathy doesn't work where you hear people talking in your head. You hear people talking in your head, you got to go to the psychiatrist because ten to one, you probably have have some other issues going on. I'll leave it at that. When you when a, when a, a woman is pregnant, you know the old saying is they get a hankering or they want pickles or pickles with peanut butter or something crazy. Okay, and they never wanted that until they they got become pregnant. The, the trick is, it's not about the pickle and it's not about the peanut butter. The trick is, where when did it occur to them to figure out that's what they wanted? It's the hankering. I'm feeling I need to, I can taste it. It's kind of tart. I've kind of got the, the figuring out and I, the, the, the creaminess and it's it's something. It's, it's, oh, I'm thinking about pickles and, and peanut butter and, and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. When you had that impression, telepathy works very similarly. You, you, you get a feeling or a thought from people, and now it's like kind of like you've got to figure out what does that mean? What is, what is it I'm feeling? And then you, you, you sample in your mind different parts, like, like try to fit the, the puzzle pieces into what it should fit into. And then you're like, boom, that's it. Oh, my God, it's, it's, it's a coffee cup and blah, 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 or it's this or that. That's how telepathy really works. Okay, you empathetically receive information and it is your 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 inner sense, if you can pay attention to it, that starts to rapidly figure out what it is you're getting. And nine times out of ten, the irony is it's not really a a feeling or intuition that's really your own. You're really getting it from someone else. And that's why you're like, why am I thinking this or why would I what you know, why, why do I get that feeling or this feeling or why am I depressed when I shouldn't be? This is telepathy, and the more you work with it and the more you train it, the, the more accurate and the sharper it becomes, and that's how you start exchanging information. So when you are working with manifestation and you get certain feelings or vibes from a person, you've got to train to get your brain to not babble and throw in its own thoughts and stuff. You've got to kind of learn to to steady your mind from from mingling the, the the waters if you will in order to make you start doubting yourself you you have to have a way to keep it there and to trust what you're getting almost like kind of holding your breath while you're focusing on that information and then act on it and then the more accurate you are the stronger your your ability is to separate the two but that is something that would be used in manifestation the universe is trying to move these little balls all into your favor that you're willing to move to this direction so it's saying, well, it's all coming down in this direction. Now I got to get you to get through to that one spot that is that portion or that request. How are we going to get there? The, the, the universe talks to you more psychically than it does through your other senses. I always say the psychic sense was to, to experience the frequency of God. And your eyes and ears all have a different assignment. They're all different ways of, of finding the beauty in God. But, you know, and vice versa, psychic can be do different things. But all your senses are made for you to learn. It's to garner information. It's turned into electricity and moved into your brain. It's like a conversion. So in essence, the sixth sense, without it, we are lost because it's the sense that makes us understand that which is beyond what we can see, hear, smell. Your eyes can't necessarily always tell you what you should hear if you're deaf. Your 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 ears can't tell you what your eyes should always be seeing. It might tell me there's a bird over there, but it won't tell me the color or the size necessarily. Okay? Touch, same thing. So without the sixth sense, we're at a loss as humanity because we're always trying to figure out 
the universe or God or the soul or our purpose in life with a limited five senses puts us at a big disadvantage. It's not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it's a lot harder. Do you have a question? If we're manifesting something for ourselves, um, as most people do, do we need to take on a different perspective, like the third person or the observer or what type of perspective? That gets really complicated. And, you know, Natalie, you, you, you know the material really well. I don't know what level the, the majority of people are that are listening to this, if this is all new to them or, or not. But I probably would save that for another conversation. And or, you know, if they go into the uh, like you know, the, the dojo classes, all of this stuff is in there and much, 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 much more. And you have the liberty to pick and choose as you're going through it. And for a dollar, I mean, really, I don't know what else people want, but yeah. Um, one question is, is it easier or what's the difference between manifesting for yourself or like someone else? I, I think it's easier to manifest for someone else than it is for yourself. And the reason is, okay, is that when you're manifesting for yourself, it's a mental game. If reality doesn't exist and we're in a simulated reality, then nothing's real anyway. So what is reinforcing our reality and our pattern in life? It's our own psyche. This is the part of you that says, ah, you're not good enough, or you're this, or you're that, or maybe, you know, it's a self-doubt or whatever, and you're trying to get that all under control. When you are manifesting for somebody else, it's just so much more easier to, to not judge that process it's like you feel good about it you're doing something for somebody else it minimalizes that negative aspect in your own consciousness the the problem is um is that if the person doesn't know that you're manifesting for them um sometimes people get a vibe and they're like i don't know what that vibe is or why i'm feeling this or that they don't know if it's good or bad they just feel something if you let them know i'm, I'm going to work on sending you this energy for this specific reason and they're they're good with that they're like oh I, I i appreciate that i want that okay thank you so much okay then they're they're able to take that and once again it's not judgment they might say well gee i hope i'm deserving of this but they're not going to be as brutal on themselves as most people are you know I, I don't have an issue with, with manifesting for myself, but it's taken years for me to get over bullshit that I should share with other people. I, I sympathize, you know, on how I, I was able to get to where I am. But there you go. It's easier to manifest for other people than it is for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time we, we, we just really have an issue with the critical amount of time, you know, like I was saying earlier, all the, all the things that all comes from your inner self. And that's where I say you get to work on that first to create the success of your manifestations. And let's, let's talk about manifestation. If you, if you're not going to, you know, check out, you know, uh, the dojo and, and look this stuff all up, um, you know, that that's fine. But when, when you, this, I would say if I gave one good critical tip in manifesting, okay, when you when you are manifesting, you want to perceive yourself as in the situation that you aspire. The universe doesn't understand pictures in your mind. You can't visualize how you're going to look or visualize a million-dollar house you're living in or visualize the perfect person in your life. And you probably shouldn't because the the idea that you're going to set this perfect person and they're going to manifest and you're going to look exactly the way you want it is highly unlikely. So you're, you're making the chances of that success nil. But the person that, that you put out there that you're really looking for in the way that I'm going to suggest, you're going to see that person. And when you finally make that connection, that love connection, you will see them more beautiful than the person that you even tried to conceive before.
anyway, because that's love. And so if you, if you want success, you've, you've got to ask yourself, what does that feel like? What does the perfect job feel like? Can you imitate in yourself and convince yourself that every day you already are going to that job and it makes you feel that way? Can you, can you create in your mind, even if you've never had money before, you got to figure it out. Everybody's gotten, I mean, Hey, when I was a kid, I remember I, I, I got like 50 bucks some one time and I was like, woohoo, I'm a, I'm, I'm rich. I can get whatever I want. Yeah, not, but I could say that later in my life, I didn't have a lot of money. So maybe I couldn't relate to, to being wealthy, but all I had to do is remember that feeling. The universe doesn't care if it's 50 bucks or 50 billion. It doesn't know the difference. It just knows the frequency of what you're feeling. And this goes back to the universe wanting to readdress the anomaly that you are to accommodate what it thinks you, what you, where it thinks you are, your numbers, your frequency. So if you're faking putting that energy out in the sense of the universe and you're feeling that, the universe then wants to, to accommodate that feeling. It wants to accommodate what what it thinks it got wrong maybe maybe something's changing i i missed it Eric correcting code needs now to to put him into a situation where this is ongoing because i'm not sure where he's feeling this but let's move the job or increase the job or increase money opportunity or do this or that. it starts that's manifesting that's what's really happening so it is the feeling that you artificially create that you need to convince isn't artificial during your session for manifestation and when you're done you don't want to dwell on it you want to go watch TV or go outside or go for a walk or go for a drive or engage a conversation or go, go to work and try to forget the manifestation session you just did. And that's going to have a, a higher success rate than if you dwell on it or find yourself in the car thinking about it. Because now you're, you're, you're chipping away with your doubt or I should have done it this or why did I go with a brunette? I should have went with blonde or I hate blondes. I should have went back to the brunette. Okay. It's, it's, this is, you, you've, you've got manifestation be a session all to itself. And when you're done, it's here. You've got to check that out and not keep it lingering. You come back next week or, or three days later and you re-enter it. That's the time to do it. You manage the whole thoughts process. You go through it all. You manifest. You feel it. You think it. You, you see yourself as that and you have to feel it like in your chest center. Believe it. And then when you're done, you got to go, you know, like a bell clock. Ding. That's it. Boom, boom, boom. I am not going to give myself the opportunity to dwell on it. Your mind's going to anyway a little bit. And you need to say, yeah, I know I was going to think about it a little bit. So I'm okay with that. That takes, again, away power from you going over the top. And just try to stay busy. If you can do it that way, twice a week manifestation for four weeks, I assure you, shit's going to happen in your favor. The universe has to adapt to what it thinks is going on. The number one thing you have to understand about the matrix and what I said earlier is everything is constantly changing. What you're, it, it expects for things to change in your life. It just expects it to be a certain way. Do you see what I'm saying? All you're doing is altering the detail of that slightly to be more elevated than what you would prefer. Okay. And now it's taking that change and going, oh, maybe, maybe, well, it's, it's changing. Maybe it was a bigger change than I thought, you know, so it has to accommodate for that. And it trickles down. Does that make sense? My, it's a hard thing to explain this, but, you know, I don't know. You guys either look dumbfounded or, or you get it. It's, it's making sense. Um, we got about uh, six minutes left. Um, mm -hmm. so six minutes. Tick-tock, yeah. tick-tock. <laughs> um, so, how, like... 
how how do you recommend like preparing for like a manifestation? Like, okay. What, what, yeah. First, check yourself. If you if you got a lot going on, don't do your manifestation. If you just got done with a fight or an argument or you're depressed about work, that's not the time to do it. Go for a walk. Go go air your mind out. Walking is the greatest therapist, okay? Your mind, as you keep walking, you'll think about stuff, think about it until eventually your brain is just like, I've had it, I tap out, we're not thinking about it no more, okay? Once you, you feel like you've unwound most of your, your higher end energy, your thinking, your thought process, okay? The second thing you want to do is you need a quiet space. You need a space that is in a room or somewhere you're not going to be disturbed, preferably quiet. If you can't get quiet, you know, it's amazing what a pair of ear, you know, things will do to, you know, stuff in your ear, you know, some foam stuff. Uh, but you want to create that space where you're, where you're not being disturbed, and then you need to take some breaths. You need to blow out anything on your mind. You need to clear it. Maybe do a little, you know, jumping jacks or something. Kind of physically get your your body to work with your brain to to have that clarity, that hum. Some breathing exercises, oxygen a little bit. Don't overdo it. One little trick is, and I'm going to end it on this, and everybody's going to go, oh, you never mentioned that, okay? Um, in your room, find a way to move some objects out of place. Um, whether it's the chairs in your room or a desk or an end table or something. I'm not telling you to rearrange it in a nice way. I'm just saying move it out of place. Take two or three, preferably three. I like threes. Uh, move the, 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 the end table out a couple feet. Maybe move uh, some, some books off the shelf and put them somewhere as you would normally put. Just enough not to make too much work for yourself. And then sit down and begin your, your manifestation. Start thinking about what it is you want and it's really all about you visualize but the universe doesn't care about what you're seeing it's what you're feeling and now you've got to rewrite your story you've got to go through kind of like what what your life is like in, in an imaginary sense okay and detail is important to a certain degree okay and you need to either see what it feels like when you walk out that door whether it's the perfect person in your life and what they're like but if you overwrite something you're going to lose. You overcomplicate it. It becomes too heavy. It can't float. So you want to incorporate things in your life that 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 make that that are there that maybe you don't want to change or you don't expect to change. So you see your house as you have it now. Maybe you walk through it mentally. Maybe you do certain routines. But maybe it's better to say your cell phone rings while you're in the kitchen, feeling the kitchen, looking at the counter. It's got that vibe that you, your home has. And you, you just say to yourself, oh, this is this is this person that is my new partner or my new my new lover or something or my new something or it's this job call. And how you feel at that moment talking to that person excited about whatever it is that you think is connected. Stop. That's it. Stop right there. Finish your session. Done for the day. Don't overdo it from there not. But you want to marry in stuff from your day-to-day life that anchors it. And then you want to add in the the... The unknown through a phone call. It's not you're not describing the person yet. You're not giving them a height, body weight, hair color, personality, nothing. All the universe needs to know is that this is a new person, and you're very happy with them. You're very happy. You're in love. You're you're excited. You're thrilled. That's it. Boom. So the universe is sitting there going, "What the hell just happened? Who who is this person that calls him? Why, why do they feel this way?" Now you're, you're starting the, the, the balls to begin to move in that direction. The, the universe is saying, why, why, did, why did this just happen? Who's the unknown? The next session, you take a little bit further, okay? But never, if, you, if it's a person, okay? I, I, I'm telling you, never ever prescribe 
more than maybe hair color, eye color. Never, never start working on body height or anything other than if you prefer fit or heavy or, you know, you want somebody burly or something. That all has a feel. But as soon as you, you start chiseling out exactly what you think that you want that person to look like, you're making the chances of that success so unbelievably high, okay, that it's unlikely that the universe is going to be even able to make that happen. So you you have to say, can I get somebody to meet 75% of my needs, my, my requests, and leave the 25 up to, to surprise? That's how you should look at it. That's more likely going to be what happens. And it's going to be much more successful. And I believe me, you're probably going to be a lot more happier than, than you thought if you if you just ordered it up from a catalog mentally. Anyway. Any, that's it. Any final questions or thoughts? If you're wanting to wrap it up. Um, I think I'm, um, yeah. We're like an hour. Yeah. All right, we're good. An hour. Boy, these things seem like they get longer and longer. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. And, you know, once again, please check out, you know, the dojo. And, you know, for $1, there, I mean, there's just hours and hours of this kind of information. And it's, it's sorted out where it's about that topic rather than me covering 20 things. So you can pick what you want and really accelerate yourself. Remember what I said. Knowledge is power. If you want to liberate yourself, it's a great place to start okay and higher balance for for people who just want to get other material from us i don't know if anybody in industry that that warranties every single thing or your money back so i think that's pretty rock solid it's worth a chance you're worth a chance so check it out a lot of people ask us where's the best place to start with our courses and material the fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the foundation meditation system This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at higherbalanceinstitute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken 
or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 